I'm Stephen Pesavento, and welcome to the Name Your Number podcast presented by the Investor Mindset. As someone who comes from a challenging childhood, I've spent my life seeking financial security, personal growth, and ultimately freedom. The freedom to not wake up worried about the next paycheck, but rather with the confidence of knowing that my passive income pays my bills without the need to think about it. When you name your number that you'll earn passively, that creates your ultimate quality of life, then I believe you've achieved real freedom. Welcome to my show. It's time to name your number. If you then don't have and create some of the self-awareness to understand what are some of those old beliefs that kind of come up through the cracks and show their head or create a reaction in a moment with a spouse or a loved one or a coworker that is around some of these beliefs around money, then it can be difficult to know what the problem is. Welcome back to the Name Your Number show presented by The Investor Mindset. We're on a mission to create financial freedom for over a million investors. And when you name your number, the number that you want to earn passively every month that creates your ultimate quality of life, then I believe you've achieved real freedom. And if you're ready to name your number and create a passive investment plan that you'll follow step-by-step to get there, then head over to investormindset.com slash number to download your free guide to get started. And for those of you who are ready to build that plan together with me and and a like-minded group of investors, then you'll be invited to schedule a call with one of my top advisors. Now let's get into the show. Today, I'm excited to have Peggy Van de Plasch on the uh, on the pod today. How are you doing today, Peggy? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for inviting me, Stephen. It's really a pleasure to uh, to chat with you and, and and with your audience. Yeah, I'm excited to have you because you've got a, a unique background. You worked in fintech and in the VC world, financial services and technology for 20 years, and now you've really pivoted your focus uh, towards uh, energy on. Uh, You've really pivoted your focus towards psychedelics. And I'd love for you to share with the audience a little bit about what it is that you do and, and why you made that shift. Yeah. And, and thank you so much. You know, like uh, maybe I will start with why I made that shift. That's going to be uh, probably a bit more um, self-explanatory. Um, as you mentioned, I was in the finance industry uh, for 20 years. I was uh, investing and advising investment funds on uh, fintech investments. And, you know, I love that. I love finance. That's fun. That's that's, that's really something I'm excited about. Um, the big challenge is I've been um, struggling with a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, you know, mental health issue for most of my life. So much so that I didn't even realize that I had challenges because it was something I had since I was a kid, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, but last year, uh, and I'm not gonna go through all the reason why and how it came. Uh, it came to be. I started microdosing psilocybin. Uh, psilocybin, for people who listen to us, is a magic mushroom. Uh, so I started microdosing simply uh, to help me again with depression, with anxiety, with uh, all this uh, nice stuff. Uh, but also, and, and I mean, you 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 know that uh, a lot of people in the tech and finance industry actually microdose for performance and focus. So it was not my first goal, but I was quite happy to, uh, to get the kick of performance and focus as well. And my experience with microdosing was so 
amazing. I think there is no other words, uh, especially for my mental health, that I started talking about it. So I had a newsletter, I had, you know, several channels and uh, people were very surprised, as you can imagine, because there's still a bit of a stigma uh, when it comes to psychedelics. Uh, but the questions, the interest was just overwhelming. And I thought, oh, well, that's interesting that people are really looking into it. I thought I was the only one with depression and anxiety. You know, I didn't realize that actually half my network was uh, in the same in the same place. And uh, and at the same time, because I'm a finance person, I started digging more and more in the industry. And sometimes people confuse a bit psychedelic uh, with cannabis. Uh, mm -hmm. Cannabis has not been a great space for investors. Uh, the returns have uh, looked ex extremely good at the beginning and then uh, that was a big nosedive. Uh, psychedelics is very different because it's healthcare related. It's not recreational related. So uh, it's, it's biotech. Well, I found that it's it's such an interesting space because when people hear about using psychedelics in order to increase performance or in order to, you know, support with mental health, a lot of people, because we've been taught for so long that these things are kind of hands off, do not touch them. They're really not good for you. That a lot of people, when I first used, started using them many, many years ago, um, for some of the same reasons, I ended up getting so much benefit out of it, but I didn't tell anybody. I kind of kept mm -hmm. it to myself in my little tight circle because in technology, it was quite well accepted and, and, and talked about quite a bit, but in the general world, it wasn't. Now, I don't use them every day, but um, we'll talk a little bit about the protocol and some of the other things you're doing. But before we do, let's start back on a personal note by looking back at earlier in your life. What events or influences from your childhood shape who you are today? And how did that play a role in your money and your investing journey? Influence, not in a very good way uh, by my parents, like most people. Um, and I grew up uh, in a family that was led by a single mother who was struggling a lot. And so my uh, belief around money were extremely limiting and extremely negative. And that's something uh, I also want to put beyond phases to your audience is if you're really struggling with saving, managing your money properly, and even if you want it, you know, you're listening to Stephen, everything he says makes tons of sense. You're like, yeah, I want it, but you cannot do it. Well, maybe you need to dig into what are these limiting beliefs that might be preventing me unconsciously to actually do it. And I'm sure, Stephen, you see that very often with your clients, that they know what to do. You're explaining them, but they don't seem to be able to do it. It's like following a diet kind of, you know? Well, it's one of those things where I found it in my own life, which is why I've used tools like mindset and, and therapy and coaching and, you know, tools like the ones that you're talking about using, uh, as well, in order to kind of release yourself from some of those those things that you're holding on to, because, you know, I see it every single day. There's clients that they want to take action. They want to invest. They want to create that vision and 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 go and create that life that they want. But something is keeping them rooted in the current place and space that they're at. They don't want to let go of those beliefs. They don't want to let go of those things because those things 
allow them to feel safe, although they know that they're not as happy with them as a result. Have you experienced that yourself as well, working in technology and then eventually making this decision to step away from a very lucrative career? Yeah, well, listen, for me, what was very interesting is that I was able to make a lot of money, but I was managing it very poorly. Mm. So the, the belief was not so much about earning the money. It was about managing it well. And, you know, I was the same with my husband yesterday. He was also in finance. Both of us are in finance. And I was saying, oh, it's funny because I do a lot of tapping meditation. And I'm happy to explain that a bit, uh, a bit further. And I was doing a tapping meditation last night. And I got this memory of my mother being literally disgusted with me because mm -hmm. I loved money. When I was a kid, I just loved, you know, I didn't uh, fall in finance for nothing. I always loved money. <laughs> But, you know, as a kid, you know, like you just love to count it. It's fun. You know, like there is no notion of greed. It's, it's innocent, yeah. you know. Um, but my mother, who had a lot of emotional anger, uh, was very disgusted by my behavior. And I interiorized that shame, that money was bad. If I had money, I was a bad person. If I was saving money, I was a bad person. So I was making a lot of money, but I was like spending it as, as fast as I could. So I knew that there was something wrong here because when it happens once, twice, three times, you're like, okay, there is a pattern here and there is something to be solved. And that's something, again, for your audience to be very aware. Am I constantly coming back to the same place? If the answer is yes, maybe you should dig deeper. <laughs> that is, is such a great example because that set of beliefs, you didn't know where they came from. You didn't know what that internal connection was until you had that moment of self-realization and self-awareness to be able to see that, hey, this particular belief might be impeding me from making good decisions with my money. And I have to say, I mean, there are thousands of listeners who are making millions of dollars a year and they're spending millions of dollars a year. And if you're making millions and you're spending millions, then you have nothing left in order to invest. You have nothing less in order to grow. And you're in a position where you have to continue on that, that treadmill exactly. because you can't really stop. You can't exactly. hit the stop button, take a rest or to go spend more time with your family or be able to make those choices because somewhere in your mind, you're deciding that you need to spend this money in order to meet whatever feeling or whatever emotion that you're trying to meet. And so when you're going through that experience, Peggy, what did you realize along that path? Well, you know, for me, it was layer upon layer of limiting belief, you know, like it, it's rarely just one thing. And, you know, like the easy connection was, well, listen, I was raised by a struggling mother. I was raised in sponsored housing. So no wonders, no wonder that I have a scarcity mindset, you know. But then you, you dig a little bit and you realize I grew up in a very Catholic environment. I went to Catholic school from kindergarten to my master. So 20 mm -hmm. years of Catholic um, upbringing, which is usually not super supportive of making money, you know. So mm -hmm. I realized that, you know, like it was really layer upon layer upon layer. So you find one and you're like, 
Great. And then ah, there is another one that's popping up, you know, so it's not overnight that you're going to be able to, and again, depending on your level of trauma uh, related to, to money, but usually we have multiple layers. So it's rarely overnight that things disappear, but every it's, a, it's like a video game. Every time you're going one level up, you know, so things are getting better and better and better. It might not be perfect, but it's getting better every uh, every day, every week, every month, every year. I have better belief now than I had last year, 10 years, 20 years ago. Well, it's it's one of the one of the first sessions that we do in the Name Your Number program. We're actually at the end of it, we're coming out with this passive investment plan and this vision for your life. But one of the first things that we go through is actually sitting down and answering some questions about what your money beliefs are, just so you can start to become aware of them. So for all the listeners out there, you know, I encourage you to sit down and ask yourself some questions. You know, What do I believe about money? What do my parents believe about money? What are the emotions around money? And when you can sit down and start to bring those things from deep down within up to the surface, And then if you have great coaches and mentors, or you're working through therapy, or you're working through any type of of supportive process for discovering this and pulling this information out, you can then start becoming aware of it. And Peggy, what happens once you become aware of it? Well, you know, for me, it took a while to be aware of it. But once you're aware of it, obviously, you're like, okay, well, I want to get rid of that. And very often that's where, at least for me and some people I I, I coached in the past, the problem starts because you get very frustrated because you know what the problem is, but you're not able to get over it. And that's also why I started, you know, the the regimen uh, we were talking a bit uh, about offline, the microdose diet, which is a combination of microdosing uh, psilocybin, but also modalities such as tapping, because you really want to amplify both. I love the fact that uh, microdosing really helps you rewire your brain, but I really want to be in control (laughs) of what I'm rewiring my brain with and also to do it uh, very fast and very deep. And I think that's very important when people know, okay, well, I found my nugget. I found one of the block and one of the limiting belief that prevent me to have this life, to have this passive income, to have, you know, the life I desire. Well, now, how do I get rid of it? And that's where the real job starts. And very often I find it's all about the awareness but okay, great, I'm aware. And so what? What do I do now? You know, so that's I, I focused more on the solving the problem mm-hmm. versus the awareness because that's where I was stuck for so long, actually. Yeah. It's like it's really kind of like a two-step process because you you can identify that you have a problem. Yet until you become aware of what's causing it, where that stems from, what that connection is, it can be difficult to overcome. Now, it's quite possible for you to simply, uh, you know, adopt the 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 investor mindset, the the seven rules for living the investor mindset. It's it's possible for you to learn these ideas and start thinking to yourself, hey, well, I'm going to invest in myself. I'm going to invest in assets. I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to focus on. Uh, creating a vision for my life and everything I do is going to go towards funneling and fueling that. And, and you can go through this process and reprogram your mind by having a new set of beliefs and connecting a deep emotion to them and really installing that inside. But 
even while doing that from this this uh, productive, intentional setting, if you then don't have and create some of the self-awareness to understand what are some of those old beliefs that kind of come up through the cracks and show their head or create a reaction in a moment with a spouse or a loved one or a coworker that is around some of these beliefs around money, then it can be difficult to know what the problem is because we all have that motivation that we want to create this better life. But sometimes when we have these old toxic beliefs, they get in the way. And what you've found, it sounds like is you've really used, um, this type of medicine in order to help rewire your brain and to become aware while being intentional about the kind of life that you're trying to create. So what I'd love to talk a little bit about is you've been in this position, you were in venture capital, you were advising, you know, million or billion dollar funds, um, and you're making a ton of money doing it, but it sounds like there was some lack of fulfillment that was happening there. So talk to me about as you step out of that as inspiration for all those people who are in a career they don't love or are trying to find love within the career that they're in. What is that vision for the life that you're working on creating today? And then separately, I want to come back and talk about kind of how you went through that process of discovering and deciding to step into this new life. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes down to authenticity. And what was your authentic self, my authentic self, your audience authentic self before they were conditioned, brainwashed by all that crap from their parents, from the society and all that. And for me, what was very important was to look at doing something I was very passionate about. I'm Mm. still, you know, I'm still the same person. I am, I think at my core, my authentic self is driven, uh, loves success and loves achievement. That's just who I am as a person. We're all different. And I don't think that's who people should be. I know that's what society um, prays, um, but I don't think everyone is like that. And, and we should align with what's important for us. You know, I don't have children. I never wanted a family. I know many people want children, which is why it's so important to have exactly the plan you're talking about passive income, spending time with your family, spending time on what's important for you. People like me, my husband, we love working. We love success. We we have a different lifestyle. So you need to know what's good for you. And I think Mm. that's really what is the most important for people who are listening. What's good for Stephen is not what's good for Peggy and it's not what's good for you. So and, and that's very important. What is your authentic self? And, you know, as much as I loved what I was doing, I love the VC world, super fun. I love the finance, investments, all that great stuff, which I would still do. But uh, in psychedelics, well, in the past, I was doing that in technology. So I still keep that angle because I really like the intellectual exercise. So I, I, I just love that. It's just that I thought that uh, if I can help people around me to, you know, overcome the challenges I faced. I keep saying that, you know, like every day I'm having people asking me questions. Oh, can I do this? You know, you seem to have found something that works, you know, like explain me, or do you do that? And 
And it's very interesting to see how many of us are not really living the life we want, but we are not capable of getting out of that, you know? And honestly, had I had the knowledge that I have now in terms of this magic combo, and I'm air quoting for people listening and not seeing Mm -hmm. the video uh, of um, microdosing psilocybin and tapping, if I had that 20 years ago, my life would I be widely different and widely more pleasant. Mm. So if I can help people, whether they're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, listen, I'm trying to help my parents who are in their 70s, you know what, that's worthwhile. So I, 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 my goal is to combine what I love, finance, with helping people. And that is under the psychedelic purview, basically. I know that sounds a bit uh, difficult maybe nope. for people to connect the dots, but that's that's why I look at it. Well, what I love about this and for, for the audience to recap some really important things that you can take away when you're creating your vision, right? Peggy is in a position where she's had a lot of success. She knows what she likes. She knows who she is. So she's clear on that. She's passionate. She's driven. She loves achievement. But it sounds like Peggy and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you really enjoyed what you're doing and you've dedicated your life to it. But maybe there was a lack of fulfillment or maybe there was a realization that you could be even more fulfilled and have even more meaning by going through the process of helping directly support other people to have this same realization that you've had. And I want to just say that that is one of the things that I found most highly successful and happy people have people who are both successful and happy are doing it because they found something that works for them and they want to help as many people through that process. So it's inevitable that you'll get wealthy when you're going down a path and you do something you love and you help a lot of people doing it, but it's not inevitable that you're going to be happy unless you have that component where it's more about the meaning and the fulfillment that comes from helping support others. And I've personally found that myself. I've made a lot of money. I've had a lot of fun doing it. But the process of being able to deliver this information back out to you is because I've had a personal realization based on the struggles that I experienced growing up and going through my own development to get to this point. And so for all of you who are listening, you have an opportunity to sit down and create a vision that's going to really excite you because I don't know if you can see it and feel it the same way that I can, but Peggy is excited about life. And that's exactly the place that I want everyone to be. And and that's, thank you, Stephen. That's an amazing point. You know, like it's not, you know, making tons of money is amazing. We all want to make tons of money because it makes life more exciting. If you can travel mm-hmm. to places, if you, you know, money gives you access to experiences. So it's important to have money because it does give you access. At the same time, it needs to come, and you mentioned it, from a place of joy, from a Mm. place of excitement, from a place of feeling you are at your right place. And it has nothing to do with how much you have in your bank account. It's more having to do with, am I living the right life? So I had a conversation last week. I'm on boards of companies and um, one of the board members at the same company is asking me to go for lunch. And I know when people do that, they're like, okay, they want to know more (laughs) about how how they can, uh, you know, work my my regimen, the microdose diet. And 
and a wonderful individual. I would have never, you know, guessed that he was so unhappy, so anxious, so depressed and, and so on. And uh, he told me, so he's a CEO of a very large company. He's also a chairman of an even bigger company. And he's like, you know what? My dream has always been to be an artist and my father as well. But you know what? We were in business in my family from like, I think, five or six generations, something like that. And uh, and I just did it. And you know what? The goal is not for him to microdose and tap his way out of his success. That's absolutely not that. People are afraid maybe, oh my God, I'm going to transform too much and now I'm going to sell baskets on a beach in Hawaii. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> But you know, oh, you can f- you can find joy and excitement and peace in what you're doing today. So for the people who are listening to us, what is very important is also where you are right now it doesn't have to change overnight. You can also find more joy, find more authenticity where you are. And I think that's really what's gonna get you more excited and as Stephen was saying, more successful. You don't have to change everything tomorrow to be able to get to where you want to be. It's different approach. It's such a good point. So um, what I'm curious about is, you know, you've had this success, you're advising large investment funds, you're now on this journey and helping tons of people have some realizations that can really help improve the quality of their life. From a financial independence perspective, talk to me about where you're at. And what are some of the strategies that you've used up until this point to be able to create passive income or be able to create that safety net to know that you can then step out and go after kind of this life vision or life mission that you have? Yeah. So, so the first thing is, and when I say we, my husband and I, because we manage our money ourselves, we invest, we don't gamble, we don't trade, we invest. And what I'm trying to say is that, we don't jump into the crypto craze. We don't jump into the last uh, meme stock. So it's very, very important to keep your head cool and to not listen to what's happening around you. And uh, we're surrounded by people in finance and a lot of them are actually institutional investors. But you'd be surprised, the peer pressure, people are so afraid of missing out yeah. That's why you see all the stupid investments and, you know, like the banks falling after one after another. It's because yeah. also people have, they have FOMO. So, okay, uh, yesterday I was at a cocktail party. My neighbor said he was investing in that stupid company. I cannot understand why, but if he's doing it, I'm going to do it. Don't do that. So yeah. be really strategic, be very disciplined and stay away from the trends stay away from the trends unless you understand a very, very strong um, uh, momentum behind that. And, you know, like the fundamentals are strong and you understand, oh, that business can be profitable or that piece of real estate or, you know, so, so for me, that's probably the most important thing. Invest, don't gamble, don't trade. Yeah. And so really what you're saying is, be disciplined, be intentional, have a plan, have a purpose behind that plan, be strategic in those decisions that you're making. But it really stems off of having the knowledge, right? If you're hearing some 
friend of yours talk about something that they really like, but you lack the knowledge to evaluate that opportunity, it's something you likely shouldn't get involved in. In, exactly. in order to get involved in that opportunity, you first have to gather and gain a bunch of knowledge to then have the confidence to make that decision. Exactly. You know, jumping in the bandwagon because people do something, that's all people get conned. You know, it's a mixture of greed and misunderstanding. Yes. So someone is selling you returns that don't really make much sense, but you really want them. Your yeah. friends are doing them. You have no clue who that person can do that. Listen, if people are pitching you returns that are extremely good, there is something illegal in it. Markets are efficient, you know, like no one can get <laughs> incredible Your experience returns. is primarily in the equity markets, it sounds like. You're talking about equity, like stocks and things like this. That is yeah. kind of primary your, your vehicle. Whether it's private or public, you know, it's, it's the same rationale. If it's too good to be true, but I mean, debt can be the same thing. If it's too good to be true, it's probably because it's extremely risky. And the chance for you to get your return is, 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 is very low. And that's one thing I want to mention. Invest for your situation. Mm -hmm. What is your age? What can you afford to lose? You know, like if you want to do speculative investment, that's great. But that should just be a very small part of your portfolio. The rest should be, you know, capital pre preservation, capital appreciation, and then speculation. Not speculation, ninety yeah. percent, and you know, uh, capital preservation. You know, so you need to understand that all you were investing five years ago is not all you're going to invest in fifteen years because you're going to have hopefully more money. You're also going to be closer to retiring. You're, so, so you really need to be very strategic and mindful of what makes sense for you. Not yeah, for your and neighbor. with that knowledge, you can be in a position to know what phase of uh, strategy you should be using in your portfolio. If you're, if you're young and you have a small pool of investable assets, you probably need to be focused on growth. Speculation being things like crypto or some kind of SPAC or something that is yeah. high risk, high reward, that's one to 5% of your portfolio or less. But if you're a young person, you're focused on growth. If you're somebody who is later in your career or you have a big pool of money, then preservation is probably a large focus point, making sure that you can create the income that you need to be able to create your life if that's the path that you're going. So yeah. Peggy, for you, are you using investments in order to create passive income that allow you to, to live the life you're living? Or is everything that you've been focused on from an investment standpoint been about growth and appreciation for the long term that at someday, maybe in the future, you'll be able to, you know, live off that cash at some yeah, point? Yeah, it's, it's a mix of both, you know. Um, so we have some investments like real estate, which is really about capital preservation, some appreciation, you know, in Toronto, the market has been so hot. Even if you're just doing it for preservation, it ends up being appreciation, you know, which is good. I like it. Um, and our portfolio is growth slash preservation. So it's, we're doing it, you know, I don't believe in huge risks. I think you lose if you go for huge risks. And Keep in mind that the mindset is different by countries as well. American, mm -hmm. very, very risk-focused, very risk-focused. Mm -hmm. 
Canadian. I'm French. I'm, I live in Canada, but I'm French. European, Canadian, way more conservative. So you also see different type of investments based on the cultural on the cultural mindset. So something that might be seen high risk for a Canadian might be average risk for an American. <laughs> so yeah. you also have a bit of this of this difference. So we are medium risk for a Canadian, which might be medium less for an American. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been really great. I've got one more question for you, but why don't we pause for a moment, share a little bit about how people can get in touch or follow along on your journey if they're interested in, in, uh, in connecting. Thank you so much. So people can follow me, you know, on LinkedIn, my name, Peggy Van de Plage. So it's not, it's not an easy one. Uh, they can also uh, check my resources on my website, the microdosediet.com. I have a newsletter as well. So, uh, you know, very, very much looking forward to be uh, helping you folks who are listening and who want to, uh, you know, combine what Stephen is doing, which is really, really important with even deeper connection to your authentic self and connection to, you know, removing all these limiting beliefs. So you can really turbocharge what Stephen is teaching you. I think that's really a combo that's important for you guys. Yeah, it's such, such great advice. So kind of finishing on this, what, what advice do you give to somebody who's listening to what you're sharing? They're in a place, they're in a position, they want to make change in their life, and they're not exactly sure where to start. What would be one of those first steps that you'd recommend leaving folks with so they can go start making that type of change real? Yeah. So, you know, it's always about taking an action, whatever action it is, you want to tell your brain you're ready and you're off the autopilot. My first action is always clearing Mm. clearing everything, removing the old habits, removing your knickknacks, removing, you know, the people who are toxic in your life, start clearing things. You cannot add anything if you have not made space in Mm. your life for new things to come up. So clearing, clearing, clearing. Even if you just clean your garage, you're already starting (laughs) something. (laughs) That's such great. That's such great advice. Well, Peggy, thank you so much. For, you, for joining us today. It was amazing uh, being able to hear about your story and your experience. Absolutely. You guys go follow Peggy and, uh, and we'll see you all on the next episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Von Finch Capital. If you're interested in investing alongside me in the same type of real estate opportunities that I personally invest in, then head over to Von Finch Capital and join their private investor network. You can do so at vonfinch.com slash invest. Join me on that next deal. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level. 